Welcome back to the Gay 15 Risk Roundtables. We kick off the first of our monthly podcast for 2023. Jen, Dave, welcome back for year four of our podcast. How are you both? Good. Yeah, good, good. The question is, Andy, how are you? Oh, because so I appreciate your asking. Why are you asking, Dave? Say it. Go ahead and say I, it. I am saying it because I'm watching. It's unfortunate we're not video yet, but we'll get there. I think that's a goal for this year. We need to Fair do goal. something. But 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 Andy's walking on his walking treadmill uh, at his desk in his Detroit Lions shirt. Um, <laughs> and while the Detroit Lions did not make the playoffs, they had quite a year. I will give you a lot of kudos. Dave, I, I thank you for asking. I mean, it was victory Monday after week 18, a sweet, sweet victory over Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field, a nine and eight record. Couldn't have asked for more Detroit Lions this year. So, you know, I am ecstatic. My, my Twitter uh, timeline is full of Detroit Lions propaganda. And uh, I was, you know, stayed up way past my bedtime, but it was well worth it to watch that game. So thank you for asking. I appreciate it. I am in a very happy place today. Jen, go ahead, please. When is the last time the Detroit Lions had a winning season? So it was under Jim Caldwell before Matt Patricia came and did an absolutely horrendous job killing the Lions for three years. So I think it was five seasons ago after we did like, we were like nine and seven for like three consecutive years, plus or minus a game under a good coach and Jim Caldwell. And then we tried the New England way. That was a disaster. Dan Campbell came in, bit some kneecaps last year, sharpened his game a little bit, and had an awesome year this year. So we're excited to be back in a good place. And next year, the NFC North and the playoffs. So very excited, very excited. As we watch Dave's team crash and burn here another week. I, I was going to say, is like, I think you, you like, you at least get to end on a high note. Like, I, I have nothing but dread ahead of me. You know, one, we lost to the commanders or whatever they're called these days. Uh, on the, and we played our starters, mind you, for most of the game, yeah, and, yeah. and then we still lost. And then we're undoubtedly going to lose, um, either if not this week, the following week. So, Dave, I could go into all sorts of things, but this is a security podcast, not a sports podcast. I'm going to pivot on this. I'll share some thoughts <laughs> on, on what awaits you and, and Mike uh, McCarthy here, maybe later on in the discussion. But let us slightly move. Because while we're back on the monthlies and we're going to include all of our regular monthly podcasts again in 2023, we're really also excited about something new we're doing in this new year. Dave, you want to take a quick minute to talk about our new weekly podcast? Yeah, we thought it would be a great opportunity. It's called the uh, Security Sprint, and it is a sprint. We try to hit on four or five uh, security topics that uh, may not have gotten as much attention or may have been uh, underreported, but we feel were important. Uh, we wanted to call those out. So we bring those to the table in our little sprint fashion. Uh, we go a two or three man booth and we try to work in as many topics as we can in that. And I'm excited about it. We had a, a great first week and I'm excited about this uh, next week, which is going to be uh, also recorded. So. It'll be even better because I won't be on it. So you're already improving the game of the show. So, hey, so we're really excited about this new weekly sprint. And we're also going to still include all of our monthly. So Jen's fantastic cybersecurity evangelist. Dave's awesome nerd out security panel discussion. This risk roundtable monthly and the gifting interview that I get a chance to do. So those will all still be there, plus the weekly sprint. So you can get a new podcast almost every month. And on some weeks, most weeks, you can get two. So even, even more exciting. So super excited. I about feel that. like. I feel like the sprint was brought on to fill the gap when 
Jen doesn't bring her awesome to the cybersecurity panel. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, Jen, like, no, no. Don't. You're reading way too much into it. It's there It's there for the four or five loyal listeners. We want to make sure we can get the six or seven next year. <laughs> Dave, Dave, Dave. All right. Well, hey, let's get into things. I know we've got it. You know, we only have so much time to entertain our, uh, our faithful fans and listeners and contributors. So, Dave, thank you. Why don't you, why don't we get started, right? So, um, real quick, real quick, uh, speaking of last month's podcast, Dave, anything you want to mention from last month? Uh, no, we had a good year-end uh, thing. We talked about security uh, outlook moving forward or security wishes. I thought that was a really fun thing. Yeah. We'll see if any of those things, our uh, wishes come true moving into 2023. So Yeah, I, I really yeah. appreciate that. And your, and your panel, God bless them for putting up with you as much as they do. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad they're coming back for 2023. And also, I, I had a, a great discussion with Brian Harrell. Um, the energy sector remains very visible right now. Um, he has a great perspective on all things infrastructure. Really great guy, great leadership, great perspective, doing some really good work. Really enjoyed the interview and chance to speak with him. So Brian, if you're listening, thanks so much for that. Really enjoyed it. And I uh, look forward to others getting a chance to hear that if they haven't heard it already or go back and listen a second time. It's even better the second and third time. So take a listen. So all right, with that, Let's get right into things. Dave, Jen, we want to dive into today's main topics. Jen, I know you were thinking about a couple of things you want to just mention today. You're going to get into more later. Do you want to start us off today? Sure. So, yeah, kind of from a cybersecurity perspective, you know, it's kind of the new year, but it's the same old news. Um, just kind of encouraging everyone to toe that line, remain vigilant on the highlights, the cyber highlights, again, of what's happening because you never know when the latest data breach or cyber attack might impact you personally or professionally. Um, crazy. So I had you know some time off um, toward the end of the year, and so I was playing catch up. But I just I noticed between um, you know the end of the year and and even through last week, there's lots of kind of high profile named um, organizations that were uh, uh, investigating or had come to. A cyber attack or investigating data breaches and one of the most notable I think that's happened on uh, gosh when I when did it happen well, end of the week before I think was last pass and I know we tout you know it, you need to have a password manager and uh, you know those are good and you know and then you hear about a breach and and you wonder well those cybersecurity people are crazy you know why would I want to if you know they're succumbing to data breaches how is my uh, data or my password safe and um, it even brought that up during Cybersecurity Awareness Month. That was one of the topics they talked about, password managers. And I said that regardless of the risks that are out there and the folks that wonder, hey, is, my, is it really safe? Um, you know, the benefits to having a password manager are far outweigh typically, uh, that's the belief in the cybersecurity community. And, and I think it's been proven um, that the benefits far outweigh those risks of when these things happen. That to say what happened the last pass doesn't sound trivial. I'm not going to get into it, but certainly what, what occurred does not sound trivial. But uh, I'm just going to take the opportunity and start off the year with one of my favorite quotes from one of our favorite cybersecurity folks, Troy Hunt. And password Sweet. managers don't have to be perfect, but they have to be better than not having one. So we'll include that, as we always do, in the show notes. Um, anyway, other... Um, other high profile at the end of last week, Chick-fil-A. So everybody loves Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is investigating a 
um, a potential data breach. So if you've got, you know, again, I don't know all the details. Admittedly, I haven't dug into all the little bits and pieces that might be associated with that. But, um, you know, lots of us use Chick-fil-A, whether it's the app or whatnot. So we want to, you know, or pay with our credit card. So we want to know what data, pay attention, check that out. Uh, Rackspace is another uh, significant cloud hosting provider. They had succumbed a couple of months ago to a um, ransomware incident. It turned out it's uh, kind of a new player on the, on the block, a play ransomware uh, group. And they used uh, a new-ish, no, well, not a new, but they leveraged a, a Microsoft. It's kind of complicated. I'm not going to get into it on this show so much, but um, kind of a Microsoft Exchange um, vulnerability that was patched, but there was also workarounds that were provided. So if you didn't patch, but you did the workaround, uh, the actors actually were able to bypass that workaround. If you patched, you're good, but if you did the workaround, uh, not so much, and that's something that needs to be tended to. Uh, similar to the Chick-fil-A, Five Guys. So everybody loves a burger. Um, Five Guys, very popular. Um, so they had a data breach. Um, that was primarily focused on their HR data. So if uh, you were, you know, maybe a, a sibling or a son or daughter or something or, or a younger person or anyone who might have applied uh, to work at Five Guys, um, that particular information, that in interview type HR type information may have, um, you know, been impacted. Twitter um, had some, some issues with millions of user records that were for sale on the dark web. Um, there were another data breach by Circle CI, and I have to admit, some kind of software company, I had never heard of them before, but I'm just calling that out there. Um, some folks may use Circle CI and they had a security breach. And then there's some vulnerabilities out there to be aware of. Um, again, I kind of mentioned it earlier to that uh, exchange server um, X vulnerability, the proxy not shell is what they dubbed it. Um, there's still a lot of exchange servers that are vulnerable to that. So that kind of points to that whole, we really need to take patching seriously. Um, there's over 60,000 exchange servers that are still vulnerable to a patch that should have been applied, I believe in October or November. Um, Fortinet has some issues. Uh, I guess so if you use Fortinet in your environment for uh, firewalls um, and, uh, VPNs and whatnot, um, WordPress, Android, uh, Zoho, um, still under, um, you know, having issues. Slack, uh, Slack had some, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, said that they had some private source code repositories that were stolen. So if you use Slack, again, something, it may not impact you directly right now, but something to keep, to be mindful of. Um, if you're, and I'm going to close with two things. One, Mac, uh, despite what, you know, hopefully no one still believes that Macs aren't susceptible to malware. They certainly are. And they're being more largely targeted uh, in this day and age. Microsoft did um, a write-up on it. And uh, likewise, I saw just today um, that a very prolific financial stealing malware called Drydex is also now attacking um, the Mac OS system. And I will close with, if you are still running Windows 7, um, on any devices, they're going to stop receiving extended updates on Tuesday. So really encourage you to update your uh, operating systems and, and everything, everything that we talked about um, really uh, require, you know, is re really lends itself to keeping things updated 
and keeping uh, kind of aware of those highlights. Uh, sorry to kind of blast you with, with all of that, but uh, it's just so many, like I said, high profile names and really recognizable names that you just kind of need to know that, oh, you know, something, um, something's up with that and you might want to dig into it if you might be impacted. Yeah, I mean, it's January 9th here as we record this, and uh, the world is falling apart, according to Jen. Everything is under attack. <laughs> and, and so, but but there, is a, there is a lot to be aware of, and then not everything gets uh, cautious. You know, there's a lot of good updates. got some things I'd like to throw out there, but Dave, anything you want to add or share to what Jen shared? Well, I, I know now need to go back and update my Mac and make sure I'm not... Uh, uh, see, I learned something new here today, too. So I, I think... <laughs> no, I... I think she said it just when you think it's going to be different, it's more of the same. Same old, same old, same old. I, I, just wait till we get to the physical side. Wait till I come up with there. It's going to be a lot more. <laughs> right? Yeah, well, we'll get there in just a second. But I'll say a couple quick things related to what Jen shared. One, um, you know, with, with password managers, look, uh, there's a lot of recommendations out there. Um, we're not sponsored by anybody for anything. I'll tell you, I, I personally really enjoy one password. I'll share a link in the the blog post notes, they wrote a clever um, article right after the last past breach to share some, some perspective there. There's others, you know, shared before. Some of our guests have uh, spoken to Bitwarden and other solutions that are out there depending on what you like and what you want to do. Like you said, Jen, something's better than nothing, even though there's some risk there. Although I'll say I've got some very respected colleagues that don't want to use a password manager, except for maybe um, Apple's, you know, tracking of, of passwords for them to don't feel safe with others. So, you know, there's, there's lots of thoughts, but I say definitely use something um, man, with the Chick-fil-A one, so it's a note, I believe, I believe that is on the app. There's been some concern about suspicious activity. So I'd say if, if you're listening and if you're eating Chick-fil-A, which 99.98% of the U.S. population does, just check for any suspicious activity in your account. Maybe consider changing your password. If you don't have 2FA, MFA on, turn it on now and and wait for a notification if there was anything, in fact, to be notified about. But, but you can go ahead and take some proactive steps right now to see what's going on. Um, there's a lot more you covered there, Jen, but we'll save that for another time. Thank you for all those updates. A lot to get into. We'll probably come back to some of it here in a bit. But Dave, I know you have a lot you want to cover. And boy, oh boy, not only cyber, but physical, so much happening these first nine days of the new year. So what do you want to share? I, well, I don't, where do you want to go? I mean, to be honest, like, like I'm, I'm just watching football yesterday and all of a sudden I start seeing tweets about Brazil and more of the same, the political stuff going on down there. And again, I, I'm not going to pretend to know all the intricacies of uh, Brazilian politics, but you know, if you just takes a little bit of time to go back over the last couple of years and understand some of the dynamics behind there mirror a lot of dynamics that happen in a lot of countries. And I think it's, it's, especially now there's a lot of um, activities that I, I think the biggest takeaway from that is we, if you think that you, you know, from a security standpoint, you're only focusing in on your own internal organizational stuff, you really need to look at the environmental factors, the external elements and external entities that really have an impact on the workplace and how that can manifest itself. So that's really what I want to talk about with the Brazil part. I think it's really important. Obviously, we had a very similar experience here happen in the United States. And, and I think it's just something that we need to consider. It can be anywhere in the world. Just look around at your environmental conditions. And that means more than just nature and mother nature and stuff. But, but the political factors uh, and the political activities that are going on within uh, your respective locations. And, and again, just when you think it can apply to you, it really does apply. I think the takeaways from things like this is to say, okay, this is what happened there. 
could something like that happen in my location, even within the United States? You know, uh, we have such dynamic or, or such different regional elements um, that really play a different part. So what happens in Florida could be different than what happens in Washington State, than what happens in Minnesota and Texas and, and New Mexico or wherever. So I think it's just really important that we apply the threat and then with our own location overlay, you know, what, what does it really look like in our location? Could it happen here and what happens there? So that, that's one thing. Um, but we also have seen a continuation of more types of threats. We've seen uh, politicians still being targeted. Obviously, there's a big to-do around what's going on with electing the Speaker of the, the House of Representatives, but extending that political violence towards politicians outside of those type of elements, we're seeing some of that. We saw that in 2022. We've already seen it in 2023. So that's that's another part of it. And I think really what I want to spend some time on and get your thoughts on too, Andy, is, is this continued attacks on infrastructure. You know, we saw at the end of last year, we saw the Boone North, you know, I'm sorry, the North Carolina uh, power station attack where a couple people, you know, took some shots at the power generations and, and the grid or the substation uh, knocks out some power. We saw some subsequent attacks in Washington state. Uh, we've seen some other attacks on solar facilities around the country. Um, and again, whether that's a politically motivated event or an environmental event, it doesn't really matter. The fact is, is that our infrastructure seems to be, you know, being targeted in a little bit more frequency than before. At least it's getting a lot more visibility. And, and I think this has a couple different effects. For organizations, obviously, it's a critical infrastructure piece you know, for us, water, facility, you know, electricity, you know, these are critical facilities for us that we really need to be attuned into from, you know, protecting for all of the, all of our country, but also as we understand our supply chain, as we understand the downstream effects of what's the impact of a power station going out in a different part of the country, how does it affect you? What about the water system facility, we, you know, with the colonial pipeline? Look at the impact that that had uh, for several weeks here, you know, beyond the, the initial incident. So I think one of the concerns I have moving forward into 2023 is, is this is going to become more common. There's going to have to be an increased effort to uh, address some of these uh critical infrastructure facilities. And, and as organizations, we're going to have to really look at something that was taken for granted uh, in the previous years now could be a, a really big vulnerability for us. And how is that going to affect our organizations from a preparedness standpoint uh, as we move forward? So a lot in that, that period of uh, just opening salvo, but really kind of want to hear what your thoughts are, Andy. Opening salvo, that was like a uh, eighteen gun barrage time on target attack you just did right there. That was that was some heavy. That was a lot. Dude. That was a lot. But I appreciate both of you and bringing up just the absolute uh, wide variety of, of concerns we start this new year. Because reality is, as Jen said in the beginning, you know, there's all things we saw last year. It's it's not going to change because it's January 2023, and these are going to continue our environment as we move forward. So. I definitely have some things I'd like to comment to what you shared there, Dave, and those were all really important topics. But Jen, before I do, since you do keep a foot in the physical world, is there anything you'd like to, to say as, as, as Dave shares that? Uh, you know, notably the, the substation attacks. I have my eye on those for obvious reasons, being attached, uh, you know, with the cross-sector implications to the water and wastewater sector, um, as well as, you know, personally. But 
that one just kind of blows my mind and just I, I yeah I'm just kind of waiting for the same you know similar uh, more visible attacks like that on water systems and then I don't even know where we go after that hospitals yeah well, well, that, well it's, it's concerning that's a regular occurrence you know different types of attacks on hospitals unfortunately regular occurrence so a couple of things here, if I could, and please both of you interrupt me as I get too long-winded. But, um, you know, again, on the electricity sector specifically, I'd say definitely go back and listen to that discussion I had with Brian. Um, we talk about that a little bit. He's dealing with that every day. Some great perspective there. Um, but, you know, as you shared all that, Dave, to me, it goes back to a few a few things I think are common in, in all of this, right? From electrical substations to political uh, attacks to what we saw in Brazil. One, um, I think there definitely is more visibility now than ever, right? The, the, one of the beautiful things about the internet is we all have access to a lot more information. And so things, especially as the media gets excited about things, as things get politicized, which today everything does from how we raise our kids to attacks, violence, and cybersecurity, um, there's a lot more sort of excitement around things. I'm not a stat statistician. I, I don't have statistics in front of me that can say this one way or the other. I don't know if there's necessarily a huge increase in some of the violence we're seeing or if it's just increased awareness of the many things that occur, because the point we we're just making, you know, there have been attacks on electric infrastructure all the time. There have been, there have been you know, small level vandalism on water infrastructure or hospitals, violence, like that, that's always happening. It ebbs and flows, right? Um, I don't know exactly, we can say there's more of it or less of it, but there are, there are instances of concern. And what really sort of concerns me, whether it's an increase or just increased visibility, regardless, is that there's definitely a notable willingness amongst many people to use force in the form of physical violence, as well as in some cases, political and cyber violence to try and achieve their objectives. That's just reality we live in, right? People will use violence to achieve their objectives, whether that's an extremist agenda or a political agenda, um, so-and-so didn't get elected, you know, fake elections, you know, whatever it is, People are willing and comfortable to use violence to try and achieve their objectives and to use others to use violence to achieve their objectives. And so when it comes back on our infrastructure, to our faith-based organizations, to wherever, leaders have responsibility to be smart and do their responsible, right security activities we talk about all the time, right? So recognizing these threats, thinking about what's happening to our dependencies, our supply chains, our lifelines, our co-tenants, our neighboring facilities within our communities, understanding those threats, having conversations about how we respond and plan for those threats, potential incidents, working with local law enforcement, and other uh, logical partners, planning, preparing, whether we're preparing for the ransomware attack that Jim was telling us about, whether we're thinking about how we encrypt data to protect it, whether we're talking about an active shooter situation, we're talking about, uh, you know, civil unrest and protests. We should have some plans that we can adjust from and pivot from in order to respond to these instances as they occur. And some organizations are doing that and some aren't. And, and I hope that's something we continue to invest in as we move into 2023. That's what we should be doing. And in, in reality, we do this kind of work so we see it firsthand. And I think there's, there's definitely differences in those that prepare more and those that prepare less. And I hope that we can make some progress there because these things aren't gonna stop happening. So I'll, I'll pause there because I'm already starting to ramble on, but but Dave, Jen, and anything you want to share there, add to that? Um, I want to go back to your, um, you know, more visibility because of this wonderful internet kind of thing. Um, I, I would actually I kind of, even though I only have a little baby pinky toe into the physical world, 
Um, I would almost want to argue that because of that visibility, yeah, we're seeing more, but I'm thinking that that visibility is also amplifying the copycats and, and, and that. So I, I would, I would I'd be very interested. I know we don't have the statistics, but be very interested to see what that looked like. Uh, but I, I, I can't imagine that there isn't an increase. Now, maybe it's not, you know, ginormous. There's got to be at least a significant increase yeah. that people are inspired by by what they see. Well, it inspires the word, right? If you go back to Al-Qaeda and, and ISIS and their propaganda and Inspire Magazine, that was exactly the, the purpose, right? It was to encourage violence and motivate behavior from those they were in direct contact with over there, right? Inspire the attacker in the United States, in the United Kingdom, in France. And we're seeing the same tactics used by extremists today, because whether you're a domestic extremist, an incel, or a, you know, an international terrorization, they're all promoting the same kind of balancing the same means. So you're absolutely right. The internet is allowing them to gain access to people, to radicalize people, to individually get radicalized on our Discord servers, wherever we are. So 100%, that, that is happening. And, and I think that's a whole good conversation we could have. Um, it's a tough topic, too, because every report that comes out seems to be biased in one way or another, but that's another story for another day. Dave, I'm sure you have some thoughts on this as well. Well, I mean, you said it with the Inspire stuff, but you think about the manifestos that are written by some of these threat actors. There, I mean, Bridget Johnson, our esteemed colleague, has brought up several times is, you know, these things are now being written, not just to share your belief system or whatever, but to inspire others, to be able to tell others you know, you can do this too. You know, I, I'm going to make mistakes, but you can do it too. And I think that's very powerful um, now. And I, I think it's going to be a, a challenge a, as we move forward. So I, I do, you know, get concerned about some of those areas. I think it is very, you know, we, we, everything is, should be, to your point, everything should be on the table. I mean, we have to be thinking about these things. And again, you don't have to have the plan written out to the exact type of threat, but group them together and show, hey, look, this is something I can pull off the table and we can respond to this immediately. Uh, it's a very similar type of situation. As organizations, it's really important uh, that, that we're prepared for that. And, and look, it doesn't take, you know, you don't have to be a Fortune 500 company. You could be a small business with five people, two people. You could be your home office. You know, one of these things, wherever it is, you know, having these types of plans in place um, and to go over those things just kind of makes you better prepared to to be able to respond quickly. At least you have the familiarity with it, as opposed to just being, oh, I never thought that that was going to happen to us. And, and I just think that that's no longer an excuse. Um, and that's no longer, you know, and, and frankly, the court of law is telling us differently. Liability is being associated with this now. And, and I think that's, that's, that we have to be prepared for that. You know, that, that's a great comment, right, on liability. We're seeing the FTC take action. We're seeing other government agencies, you know, looking to take action. We're seeing potential regulations coming for infrastructure. And, and the question is, you know, have we done the reasonable things we should do to protect ourselves and organizations? I'd like to say we're protecting our people, our places, our data, and our dollars, right? One of the taglines we like to use here at Gate 15 is you both know well, understand the threats, assess the risks, and take action, right? So if I could just take a minute, just sort of, as we talk about all these, all these threatening issues, right? All these cyber threats and concerns, data breaches, ransomware attacks, active shooter threats, extremism, insider threats. There's all these things that become quickly overwhelming. Like I can't, I can't build a plan and do an exercise for every one of these things, right? So, for a moment, those who are listening, thinking about this, right? 
identify the threats, right? What are the things out there that are a concern to me? You're not gonna tackle all of them, but what are they, right? What are the risks associated with those threats? What are the things that could impact my organization, my people, my places, my data, my dollars, right? Adversely. And then look for some of the things that you need to do, be prepared to mitigate those risks. How can I draw down the most risk across the most areas, right? My greatest concerns, right? In the old army language, they write my, my greatest concern and my most likely concern, right? How can I mitigate those risks? And you can you know, build plans because things never go as we plan, right? But build plans we can effectively pivot from for whatever anything we find and conduct exercise that can exercise the, the most areas that we need to mature, those capabilities we need to mature, right? There's a process for all this. We can, you know, we can talk about this more, but you know, you're not gonna be able to do everything, but break it down into chewable bites, manageable objectives, and the goal here is continuous progress. And as a leader, right, we've got to think past responding to everything immediately today and, and look at, okay, how do I do this over a couple of years, few years time, maturing capabilities, securing my network, securing my physical environment, taking care of my people, setting against insider threats. What can I do, you know, commonly and what I have to do individually and how do I go about that? And it's just breaking it down to manageable, chewable, executable bites. And that's, that's very possible. Right, so it's not worth getting overwhelmed about. We can talk about that more again, but um, let, me, let me come back to you both. Anything you'd like to add or share to, to what we're talking about here? Jen, good. Dave? Yeah, I, I mean, well, I, I had a point. Now I've, I've lost it. But, but I, I, it, there was, if I'm going to dip my toe, if Jen dips her toe into the physical side, I'm going to dip my toe into the cyber side and just say, like, the, the, I just read a report from Imperva um, they did a b analysis around data breaches and they looked at 100. If you look at the worst case scenarios that happen, look, those are going to happen, right? Whether or not we do have the best defenses or not, there are people who are always going to be doing it. But the next three of the next five total you know, top ones were all within our control. Training on social, protecting against social engineering, patching our vulnerabilities. Jen, you talked about Windows 7. The fact that people still may be using Windows 7 today blows my mind, but I get it. There's reasons for it. Just know that starting soon that that's no longer going to be serviced and you have a vulnerability now that could be exploited. And, and, the, uh, and so there are things within our control we just have to do it, right? I think that's like, you don't have to, it's not tremendous, you know, investment in capital, investment in resources. It's doing the basics sometimes. Yeah, that, that, that's so much of it. If we need the basics, right? We can adjust and, and make, you know, make the play we need to. Just as the Detroit Lions are mastering the basics and making great <laughs> plays on the field, it comes down to blocking, tackling, and those basics, and then we adjust from there accordingly. So that's probably... I think a good place to wrap up those main topics. Again, there's so much more we can get into. I think there's so much more to get into, but um, I think we'll probably hold some of that. So why don't we move to our next round of discussion, if that's okay, and, and slow me down if I'm getting ahead of ourselves here. But um, why move to our roulette round? And Jen, you started us off in the previous round. Do you want to start us off again here? Sure. So for the roulette round, I thought I would talk about um, the kind of AI bot that getting quite a bit of a tin called chat GPT. Um, it's, it's a trained artificial intelligence bot that um, the concern is from the cybersecurity community or I mean really from any community, but it, it could um, help with um, help uh, two, of, two of Dave's favorite words that I use, miscreants 
um, execute with nefarious intent or nefarious actions. So trying to put this, I failed, but I tried to put them both in the same in the same thing in the same sentence. Um, anyway, so um, the concern is that it can be used for you know malicious intent. And the short answer is yes, it can, but it 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 depends. At least on one of what I've seen so far. Um, you know, but like anything built for good, it can be used, you know, for bad. Uh, what I've learned, um, I attended um, a SANS um, uh, Institute uh, webcast on, um, you know, kind of a panel and a discussion with some examples that the those experts were giving on um, uh, SANS is like one of the foremost cybersecurity training organizations um, across will be pretty much any facet of cybersecurity that you would want to be, um, you know, delve into. Um, but they did a did a quick webinar on it. And, you know, it, it won't, if you ask it to do something, ask ChatGPT to do something malicious, it will actually say, well, I can't do that. That's wrong. And, and so it's learned enough that it knows those, you know, those terms, like write me malware for X. Um, it's going to be like, yeah, no, I don't think so. But if you phrase it in a different way, um, it, it could, it'll, it seemed to learn enough that it would still say, hey, this isn't really a good idea, but it might respond. It more likely might respond with, um, you know, with kind of the right answer, like the code, if you will. So um, let's see here, what other notes did I, did I have? Um, you know, so again, essentially it'll respond to these kind of questions, um, but it, it, Let's see. At this point, uh, you know, at this point, it does seem to be more beneficial towards folks that know what they're doing. So I did see something where it said, "Oh, it's going to help script kitties." And while it very well may, you know, maybe some novice, you know, wannabe threat actor, cyber threat actor, you know, wants to do something malicious, has heard about this chat GP, and you know, it could write them, you know, a program or code. Well, that may be true. That script kitty probably doesn't have the knowledge to know if that code's right or not. So it's kind of like your mileage may vary on whether or not that code's going to work and in, in something that they may try to implement, um, you know, to break into a system or whatnot. So it really takes, it, it, it seems to be more beneficial with, for someone with ex experience that knows what they're doing, that they can sanity check what the, um, you know, the AI with the artificial intelligence that bot comes back with. Now, that said, that doesn't mean that it's not good and it quite, Honestly, I used it to write a report last month, not an entire report, but for something that I've said maybe, you know, 75 times and, you know, 75 different ways, or I needed another way to say something. And I would be like, hey, what's another way to say this? And then it would kind of, you know, give me some ideas. And I used it as a tool, not a be all end all. It was accurate. At least I found it accurate in that particular usage of it. So there's multiple uses and it's not just for cyber it could be anything um cyber is just you know you know where what my folk what my focus was so i can't speak to other folks using it you know for other reasons but um you know i again i find it you know it's less likely that it's probably going to help us you know that script kitty write code to do something malicious um but i could see you know someone that's um, you know, trying to use it in a social engineering perspective where they're trying to draft um, or come up with a convincing uh, persona. Um, you know, uh, I, I just read a brief article or a brief, 
I think it was a headline on it. I don't even know if I read the entire article. I can't remember. But, um, you know, where someone did use it because they wanted to create a more convincing, you know, fake persona to be like a teenage girl so that they could, um, you know, social engineer their victim, potential victim um, and spend more time and know how to respond to how a 17 or 60, whatever, a teenage girl would respond and keep them engaged. So I can see it more on the less technical being more dangerous than on the technical side, but again, your mileage may vary because it, it, you know, for someone who knows what they're doing, it could be, it could be super. Now, supposedly they're saying it doesn't learn. So if that tech, super technical person gets it to respond in a way that, you know, is accurate, uh, it's supposedly at this point not learning um, from that. So it's not going to go out and if a script kitty asks, you know, a similar question, it's not going to give them that answer because all, all of a sudden now it knows more information, but that's another question for another day. Anyway, an interesting tool um, has its good and bad things. Um, use it with caution, but you know it, it could be useful in certain situations. Just please don't do anything nefarious with it. Thanks. Please don't, right? But a you know, good topic. It's been talked about a lot. There's been a lot of funny uh, you know, conversations about some of the more entertaining things you can make chat GPT you know, share or do. Um, we'll share a, a couple of links. And if you subscribe to our daily, um, today's January 9th edition of The Sun includes a couple of links about some of that nefarious activity. We'll include those links as well in the show notes along with all the other things we've talked about. But it's a good topic, Jen. Um, you know, for me, I don't know how you guys feel, but you know, every day whether we're talking about chat GPT or we're talking about San Francisco wanting to authorize, you know, fatal use of weapons by, uh, you know, robots. Uh, I just look forward to the fact that we're rushing towards our RoboCop Terminator Skynet death of Jeepers <laughs> with such glee and joy every single day. But that's that's my own paranoia and I'll continue to stay paranoid. But a good topic. There's a lot to get into there. But like I said, it's it's also a useful, fun tool that can be helpful. So um, more, more we can discuss there, I'm sure. But Dave, anything you want to add there or you want to pivot to your, your separate topic? It, it is amazing how much we look back at movies 20, 25 years ago and we're like, oh, that's never going to happen. We're never going <laughs> to and then we get there and you're like, oh, I can completely see how we got to Skynet, right? It's supposed yeah. to be a good good thing there, right? It was all good until somebody decided to weaponize it, right? Until there's a robot foot stomping on your head. That's right. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. That's exciting, it. exciting future. But but let's go on to, to your own wonderful next topic. I'm sure I'll also be joy-filled. <laughs> yeah, it's all you know, I'm I'm not quite as joy-filled as our uh as our colleague Bridget Johnson is. She always brings the the, the happiness to the podcast with all the great things, but I will reference her yet again. If you liked what we had talked about earlier, you are going to love her. You know, every year she does a Homeland Security on the Homeland Security today. She does a, a trends to look forward to um, from on the, um, you know, terrorism trends. We talked a lot about it already. A lot of, you know, copycatting is one. You know, critical infrastructure is another thing. But two things I want to look at is mainstreaming extremism and Islamic extremist evolution. You know, as, as, you know, it's it's very popular these days to say, hey, we've done our Pacific pivot. We're now focused solely on China, China, China. But if you didn't notice at the end of last year, early this year, United States uh, military has come out on a couple different fronts and said, hey, the Islamic State is still there. They're still functioning. They're still working. There's a, still a lot of activity that's that they're planning for in 2023. They had a lot of setbacks in 2022, both Islamic State and Al-Qaeda. Um, um, both of them had big um big events or big losses during the year, and now they may be looking to come back. So that's one part of it. But the mainstreaming extremism is another part uh, that to really think about. 
as we continue, as we moved over these last several years about bringing those narratives into the open, bringing those narratives out there. And, and again, if you think about just January 6th from 2021 to now, how the narrative has changed on January 6th over there. It was an awful, awful, awful event. But now look at the softening of the language over time. And that's exactly what these groups want to be able to do on some of these areas, whether what, regardless of what type of event it is, is to normalize that narrative and through social media, through online platforms, through a lot of different things. So that's really big. And then I know, Andy, one thing you really touch on when you look at terrorism is this salad bar terrorism. I think you may have even coined that phrase or you borrowed it from somebody. I stole it. I stole it. You stole it from somebody else. But, but the, the salad bar terrorism is really important because I think what we need to be able to look at when it think about these groups is they don't neatly fall in these ideological lines anymore. They they use what is good for one group. And, and they, you know, we've we've reported on this in the past. Bridget's reported on this a lot. But the, you know, these white nationalist groups will steal from Islamic extremist groups and and they'll share tactics. Islamic extremist groups will look at events that are causing in in by uh, some of these extremist groups in the d- domestic side here and use that on their side. So a lot of things to consider when we look at it, but I, I encourage you to give Bridget's uh, article a review um, or a read through and just really understand that's what the threat environment is going to look like for this year. And she's typically right on point. So yeah, she, she, she is. It's a good article. It's not very long. You can really dive yep. into it and, and get some understanding from there. Uh, style bar terrorism. I do really love that phrase. I can't take credit for creating it. I, I was given a, a brief uh, by the FBI a few years back and on the analyst, she used that term, and I was like, "Oh, I I love that, and I'm going to steal it and use it." And she's like, "That's fine, go ahead." So, with absolutely no statistical evidence to back my statement up, I'll say I didn't I didn't create it. I just helped to popularize it, Dave. I just helped to popularize it. <laughs> it's, it's a great phrase. And just in case somebody's not tracking what we mean by that, it's, it's really the idea. Just like you pull up the Roy Rogers, you know, salad uh, sandwich bar, your favorite salad bar, and you can take a little bit of your your lettuce and a little bit of tomatoes, a little bit of onions and pickles. And make your own salad or burger. You know, a lot of the extremists do the same thing, right? They're taking a little bit of this ideology, a little bit of this inspiration, a little bit of this extremism. They're not necessarily always consistent with one another. They don't necessarily jive, but they're enough of a rationalization by the individual actor to justify their acts of violence. And that's really all it is, right? It's just a justification for them to go and conduct the violence we spoke about at the beginning of today's podcast. So it's an interesting concept. I think we've seen it uh, a number of times in incidents. I mean, it's definitely. A very validated concept, and Bridget talked about that in the article. It's a good article, so thanks for pointing those out, Dave. Good topics for sure. And we'll include those links in, in her uh, Twitter handle as well. So we're going to check it out and follow her more if you haven't if you've already done that. So good topics for sure. I'm ready to pivot to our three questions round. But anything you guys want to mention before we make that pivot? What part no, of the I'm country good. were you playing? What part of the country were you playing to when you said Roy Rogers? I haven't seen a Roy Rogers in years. I mean, like Roy Rogers of all so, of them anywhere. <laughs> Roy mockers that you are. I'll let you know there's two <laughs> right in my local community. I had a chance to meet with a colleague. If you're listening, Alan, listen to these folks mocking. When I told him where I was, he was excited because we could meet at the Roy's and have a really good conversation. And we did. And it was fantastic. So you haters keep on hating. Great establishment. Come on out to my neck of the woods. I'll treat you to some local Roy Rogers. You can shop at our outlet malls and help support my local economy. Which I always appreciate. Thank you both very much. With that, let's pivot to the first three questions of 2023. We continue our exercise in social engineering of two of my favorite people. So for starters, this is a tough one. It's a tough one. 
You don't have to give away any personal information. Dave, Jen, I'm thinking of a number between one and 10. What is it? Eight. Seven. Holy moly, Dave, no kidding. No, if I could show you my screen right now, I even wrote it down. Eight is the number. Dave, you know me too well. You know me too well. <laughs> ocho, the ocho. All right. Hey, to, to both of you, any favorite, maybe not your favorite, but like just a favorite moment from last year you'd like to share, professional, personal, whatever, anything like to say, hey, 2022, here's a moment. I'm going to go back to my quarantine in Costa Rica. It was a <laughs> horrific moment, but I, it was a moment. And I, as I'm reliving that now, because I can tell you on th this day is the national championship game for college football. I watched that in Spanish in my hotel room in Costa Rica. <laughs> that was a, that was a fun little journey to, to watch from this side. Fun use of yes, it was. Sorry to go through that. Yeah, sorry to go through that. But yeah, a good one, a good one for sure. Jen, anything on your end you'd like to share? Um, buying our camper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the reason for the security sprint, Jen. You're on that camper too much. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't yet, but hopefully this year. <laughs> I have so much. I think one of my favorite things, um, and we've talked this before. I, you know, I, I was a chance to go back to uh, London, the place of my birth. We seem to do that every couple of decades, and, and went back with my family. It was a great trip. And while I was gone, I was great to see the Gay Fifteen team and a lot of our colleagues in the ISAC and ISAC community come together to write about um, the hard reset and extremist document that came out last year. It's one of the, I think one of my favorite pieces of analysis from last year. Um, so that was great work, and I enjoyed both the trip and the great work being done by the team in response to uh, that little bit of nonsense propaganda, which encouraged attacks on critical infrastructure that we've already talked about in earlier portion of today's podcast. So with that, new year, new opportunities, anything you're excited about as we start this uh, this next year, the uh, the 23 here? Man, these are these are tough ones. You Using the camper more. There you go. <laughs> much there you much go. more. Bought the camper, <laughs> use the camper. Nice, nice, all right. <laughs> I, I'm excited for season three of Mandalorian, so we'll just go there. Yeah, Dave, can I can I share something I think we were both excited about and uh, I think worth mentioning for 2023? I think Dave and I, as, as many of you know, are dedicated, love, loving Arnold Schwarzenegger fans. Oh, yes. He's got his new daily bit of encouragement. You've got a couple, a couple of folks that collaborate to put that together and share it and you know, I've, I've often boasted about my joy in, in being subtweeted or retweeted by Arnold. It brings joy to my heart. And in this last week, I think Dave had that experience. And Dave, do you want to share what that meant to you? I mean, I feel like it was a, a significant emotional event. Arnold doesn't sponsor us, but uh, we'll still bring it up. He, he does a daily, he calls it the daily pump, which is amazing. You know, it's a, just a, a daily newsletter that he encourages people. It's not fake. It's not, you know, trying to sell you product or whatever. He doesn't mention that at all. It's just good stuff. Um, Andy was tweeted by or subtweeted by, or I guess quote tweeted by him. Uh, so I put on a little note that said, hey, I really enjoy this daily pump. And Arnold you know, quote tweeted me, I tell you what, I have framed it, I have done everything with it. This is a joy of my life. This is coming from Andy and Dave. We would used to sit around and watch, we'd pull up five or six Arnold movies, we'd watch them, drink some beers, and uh, just love on all of that part of Arnold. And to have that happen to me, <laughs> I, it's great. 
It, it was I, go ahead, Jen. Go ahead. I saw this. I, I don't know if I saw yours, Annie, but I did see Dave's and I have to admit I, I just didn't know how to respond. <laughs> and I was like, I'll come back to this later. But I never did, but sorry. But I did see it. No response necessary, Jen. I was like, yay, Dave, for you. <laughs> Jen, significant emotional event. All right. That's all you need to know. Significant emotional. I understand. Event. So we appreciate I that. Anybody... Go ahead. Go ahead. I was trying to, I'm trying to think of, of one that like, oh my gosh, I've made it. It was probably when TCE ended up on the beer I stack. Yeah, yeah, um, that, that was like, oh, no way. Which a shout out to beer I stack. We really appreciate the, the posting of these podcasts there. It's been, it's been great and is appreciated. And we appreciate any way to get the word out and, and share the conversation, get us thinking about some of these topics and uh, excited to do that. So, Hey, we're, we're going to wrap up any final things you want to share, Jen, Dave, anything you like to throw out there? Jen Arnold would be like maybe if Troy Hunt quotes we need to do. I mean, well, heck, I, let, let's not kid ourselves. If Troy Hunt quote tweeted me, I'd be pretty happy too. So. I don't have anything other than tomorrow's Patch Tuesday. Please pay attention. Yeah, pat, Patch Away, always a topic of conversation. And I'll just add again, please, uh, you know, if, if you enjoy these podcasts, please subscribe. Enjoy the new Security Sprint. I think it's going to be a fun addition. You've now got something coming to you once or twice a week from our Gay 15 team, not just the three of us, but others as well. Dave today will be joined by Jen, another one of our teammates. Sorry to get him on the podcast. And, and we welcome your feedback. We always do really appreciate it. Uh, we like to hear what you think, and we can always you know, adjust and modify things. So as we wrap up, Dave, Jen, thank you very much. Super excited to start a fourth year of podcast activity with you. And very seriously, thanks for being a part um, of our Gay 15 community to all those that are listening. We really value you. Appreciate you taking the time to listen. Really sorry about this new weekly, so check it out. Let us know your thoughts and ideas. Listen to the monthlies. They're still coming. I'm excited about this month's podcast. I know Dave and Jen are thinking about theirs as well. So subscribe, tell your friends, us up on Twitter, share your ideas, your feedback, your hate mail, whatever it is. And until next time, have fun, live free, and try to be at least somewhat reasonably safe. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.